You are listening to me to the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 175. In this episode of the podcast, you'll be meeting Yasmin Ango, a first-generation Ghanaian-American living in South Carolina. Her debut novel, Her Name is Night, is a smash debut novel featuring an elite assassin heroine on a mission to topple a human trafficking ring and avenge her family. A quick reminder before we get to the interview to please uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links. You'll find all my links there, uh, places to rate and review this uh, podcast, access to uh, the show notes for this uh, interview, and a whole lot more. So check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links. All right, here is my interview with uh, Yasmin Ango. Uh, Yasmin, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, so exciting. It's your debut novel, right? Yes, it is. Oh, so you, you got the jitters. Is it what, what you expected? How, how How's it going so far? <laughs> so far, it's going okay. I've got the, the jitters and the everything. So <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what, what to feel right now. So I'm feeling everything. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into the, your book and everything, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background before uh, becoming a, a, a fiction writer? Sure. So I have been working in the education field, and I taught middle and high school English for um, over a decade. And then I started um, teaching, well, being an instructional coach for virtual teachers. Um, that is my uh, most current positions. I've always been an educator and always been a lover of, of books and of writing. Um, I've written, I've been writing since I was in middle school myself. Uh, so it's always been something that I've loved to do. I just didn't know how to kind of get around into doing it until, until relatively recently. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, just been I uh, just been educating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what was what, what finally drove you to say I'm going to try to write a book and see if I can get it published? What, what was the final push for that? Yeah, I just um, it was like back in like 20 I don't know 20 like 10 or something like that, and I was had some life changes happening and um, realized that the thing that makes me the happiest is, you know, writing. And maybe there's a, a path towards it at this point when I didn't know that when I was younger. Um, so then I just decided to really make a go of it then and to really, really like kind of go for what I've always been dreaming of. I wanted to show that to my kids that, you know, I, you don't give up on on your dreams, on the goals that you've always wanted for yourself on that thing that makes you happy, the happiest. Um, and so I just um, took it up then and started revising some work and then um, eventually started writing this one a few years later. It's always been tinkering in my mind. I just didn't know how I was going to push it through. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it really started for, well, you know, when I decided to go back and, and really make a go of it this time around. And then you go through the whole process of querying for an agent and getting those rejections and all that all that fun stuff. Yes, all that fun, not fun stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I um, have received more rejections than I could even count. Um, it was it was really bad, and I felt really horrible about myself uh, when I was trying to query my very first novel, which was a, a women's fiction. Um, and then when I, you know, was querying this one. I, you know, was still getting rejections, even though I was like, this one is like, it's got everything in it. Come on, why wouldn't anybody want it? 
And, uh, you know, people were telling me no, but I didn't know exactly why they were telling me no. There was no concrete reason. You know, everybody was like, oh, your story is great. You have a, your, your writing style is wonderful. You're a wonderful storyteller. Yeah, but, you know, no, it's not a right fit or whatever. I'm like, okay. So I really didn't have anything to go off on, you know, to fix um, at that time. And there came a point. So I started querying in 2020 for this book. Um, January of 2020, because I said, I'm going to start a fresh new year querying this book. I'm going to, you know, try to really, really get land an agent, um, another agent, and then, you know, land a book deal. And like I said, everyone was telling me no, 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 for several months. And um, eventually, I really started thinking, you know, that I was going to quit. And I was like, maybe everybody's right, and I'm wrong. And there's something and maybe I've been lying to myself all this time. And I was really about to quit. Um, but then my friend suggested that I apply for um, the award that I won, the Eleanor Taylor Bland Award for uh, Emerging Writers of Color. She said, why don't you apply for that, um, for that contest? And I said, well, I mean, maybe, I guess I can, but it's not like I'm going to win. And so I did that. And then I was like, I'll just do this one more thing and apply for this. And then after that, I'm just going to quit. But before I had a chance to quit, then I got um, a notification, well, an email from an agent who was interested in talking to me. And I was like, what? I can't believe someone wants to talk to me about my book. Are we sure? Um, and so that's really how it all started for me. I got the agent and then I got the award and, and the rest is history, I guess. Wow. So it's incredible. All those rejections and everything. And then everything just kind of fall into place. Just fell into, exactly, exactly. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, like the big uh, debut now and everything. And it's like, nobody knows all the the struggles that you you had to go through to get there. Right. There were a lot of tears and a lot of doubt. There's still, there's still a lot of doubt. You know what I mean? Because after, after so many people telling you no, when you finally get the yes, you know, you still are like, but are you sure? Like, because there was so much, you know, rejection <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. You just always think that somebody is going to reject and something, it's going to be something. So that's the, that's what I'm dealing with now is like, I really cannot believe that it finally was a yes. And then all this stuff like transpired after it. Yeah. I've interviewed over uh, almost 200 authors now and just about all of them, no matter how this level of success, every new book is all that doubt and all that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an imposter and all that stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it was uh, so cool too now about your book. Uh, Her name is Night, and we'll get into it a little bit, but I, I really love it because it's it's set in uh, it, with very much with your culture, the, the from Ghana and uh, that uh, your heritage. How how was that? Was that very important for you when you started to write this that you wanted to incorporate that and, and, and you know write a really cool thriller but incorporate your background and your heritage? Oh yeah, it was one of the most important things, and that's why it took me so long to finally you know write it because I really had to make that decision of you know I'm really going to go there you know with my with my culture. I uh, want to highlight this culture that I've always lived in, but never quite appreciated. And so I want to appreciate it now. And I want to see it in ways that I've never seen it before, you know, and, and I, I am um, a lover, a connoisseur of, you know, everything, action, thrillers, horrors, you know, mystery, suspense, all of that stuff is what I read and what I watch on TV and in the movies and things like that. But I never saw someone who looked like me or someone who was from the areas that I was from 
in those spaces that you see, you know, the common people who are in it um, doing all those really cool things like Jason Bourne and Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible and Jack Reacher and all of those. Um, And so I wanted to see that. I was like, why can't I have, you know, a, a woman, a Ghanaian woman at that, you know, be in this same space and do all those things and also add some extra stuff that, you know, she's got to deal with. Um, and that's what, when I finally was like, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go there and I'm going to include my culture because it is a culture that, you know, everybody, everybody knows about Ghana and everybody knows about, you know, Africa and, and all the countries that are, you know, not considered first world countries, if, if you know what I mean. And they, everyone has a perception about those places. And so I kind of wanted to break that perception and put those people in a different light. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that you don't always think, Oh, these people like live in, in huts mm-hmm. and they walk around naked and chasing boars and stuff like that. These people are elite business people, multimillionaire billionaires who are running, you know, a, a, a clandestine, you know, organization to, uh, you know, better Africa. And then this is a, you know, a, a Ghanaian girl from a, from a little village and she is an elite assassin who can, you know, take down all these people and things like that. And so I wanted to put those people like, um, you know, my people in those different spaces so that the reader and, and whomever else, you know, sees it and then hopefully watches it can, can see those people and people who are not like them in these really cool spaces. I think I was reading one of your essays, and uh, you, uh, you you put you, you had written that it's it's a thriller, but it's co- at its core, it's a story about family. And I think that's I mean that just applies to everybody, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it so good. You get the thriller, but then you have the characters and 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 and, and all that, and then and the new culture to discover for someone like me who's not familiar with that with a, you know West African culture, like you know, like you said, aside from what you see in the the way it's displayed in the media. So it's, it's really interesting. I love international thrillers and learning about different countries and cultures is really cool. So that was a nice, uh, a, a really nice uh, a departure for for this thriller. Uh, but so let's talk about the now the. Um, so you got the idea uh, to to write this thriller. So you said you were a fan. You were a fan of thrillers from mm-hmm. as a reader before you started to write this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like that, and that's what I still watch and and read uh, voraciously now. You know, I'll I love. James Patterson is is someone that I grew up with, John Grisham. Um, um, and for James Patterson, his books, I, I was just, you know, tearing them up. And then when I was first introduced to the Alex Cross series, mm-hmm. which was to me the first time that I saw, you know, an African-American man in a position of power um, in that is his lead character. That's really, you know, where I was like, okay, so it is something that can happen, you know, and a white guy is doing it. So I know I can do it, you know, and all this other stuff. And, and it can be accepted because, you know, Alex, um, cross is huge. So, so I, I mean, I just read those and, um, Stephen King, I, cause I love horror. So I'll, I mean, I'll, j- and I, and I also read women's fiction too, Terry McMillan and, um, Beverly Jenkins and, and, uh, um, Toni Morrison and all of those, you know, books I've read, I mean, like I read the gamut. Um, it just depends on what my mood is, but the thing that really thrills me and gets me pumped up and going are these thrillers, these action pack, um, Jack Ryan kind of things. Um, because I just, I just find them so enjoyable, but I also like, you know, in a women's fiction or general fiction, like the deep 
journey that um, a character goes through. Um, the the wonderings, the, the thematic stuff. I like those too. So I just wanted to marry the two um, genres and the things that make each genre special. I kind of wanted to marry the two. Can you tell us a little bit about then about the uh, the plot for uh, her name is Night? What what, what it's about and, and talk a little bit about the about the Nina Knight character. The plot of the character um, of the book is that um, it is a uh, told in dual timeline. So it's uh, before the before chapters are a Nina a Sim who is fourteen years old and uh, she lives in her uh, village in Ghana with her with her dad and her brothers and her dad is the chief of the chieftain of the village. So he runs the village and everything, and it's a beautiful, idyllic village that is nestled in the mountains of um, Aburi in Ghana. And um, what happens is uh, a band of horrible men just come in and they totally raise the um, the whole entire village. And uh, because they asked their her father to do something and he refused and so they just killed everyone and and really inflicted some some harm and trauma on on Anemia. and um, then so she gets uh, sold into human trafficking from that and then goes on this journey of survival she's you know one of the only people or if not the only person that survives in this village and so she goes on this journey basically of survival of getting away from these people who have taken her and who have also taken her power and her identity and her her sense of self and her family because remember it is a book about family a book about daughters and and dads um and so in the present day so it goes back and forth between her past and her present in the present day she has become an assassin for uh this business conglomerate called the African Tribal Council and they are made up of um, several high-powered African business people from various countries in Africa who have come together to to make a basically a one Africa to to um, to make Africa empowered and own their own resources and be able to um, to profit off of the things that are uh, that their countries, you know, mine and, and and stuff like that, their natural resources. So, so she is adopted into this family that finds her, and they happen to be the lead of this of this the African Tribal Council or the tribe, and she becomes their top assassin. And in her job as you know, an assassin is how she. First of all, she feels like that's giving back to the family that, you know, took her in and and helped her to rebuild her life. And she just um, finds family within this tribe, because even though they are, you know, very cold and I mean, they're not cold, actually, they're super warm and they're wonderful people, actually. But even though, you know, the things that she does, you know, she kills, you know, Mm -hmm. people, you know, as her assignments come up. Um, But it is a they are actually a really great family and they take her in and they they show her a life that she thought she would never have again um and then she finds out that uh, the people some of the people that she thought were were gone from the people who um demolished her village are not gone and so now she must shift and she is now on a different journey and this is a path of revenge because her biggest fear is that it happens again if these people have a chance to do the same thing again they will do it. And so she doesn't want to lose the, the new family that she has and the new romantic interest that she finally feels like she's ready to, to start. 
Um, and so she must save everybody and save herself. She doesn't want to give back her power that she has reclaimed and her identity that she has reclaimed. Um, she wants to give back by taking out these people who should have been taken out like a long time ago. And so that begins her, her new journey, I should say. Yeah, no, it's so fascinating with the dual timeline. And uh, from the writing perspective, uh, the from a writer hat on, I was like, wow, that, you did you, you did that really well. How, was that a challenge to 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 write a dual timeline or how did you decide on that? Right. So at first it was a challenge because I tried to write every other. So I would write, you know, Anine's chapters and then I would write Mina and it wasn't flowing for me because I, I wasn't, it was hard to switch from, cause you know, from one person to the other. And with the kind of story that Anine has, you really have to go all in and be in that story. You totally immerse. So then when I decided I'm going to write one all the way through and then write the next one, um, as if I was writing out a person's full entire life, then it became much easier and it flowed for me. And so I wrote the before chapters first all the way through, because to me, essentially, there are two different books in one. And then they stop at a certain point uh, where they both converge and um, then they become, you know, um, Nina's now and present, you know, day. But um, it wasn't hard after I went ahead and did that. And I really appreciated how deep I could go when I was able to focus fully on one and then the other. And then it was easy to write Nina's parts because I had been through all that emotion as a Nina, right? And so as I'm writing Nina, I'm able to, as you know, as if Nina is me, I'm able to reflect on the things that a Nina went through and why Nina is making some of these choices and why Nina is feeling these things because of ha- of the journey that I've already taken with a Nina. Yeah, that's really close. That's a great. So you like you were like writing two books at at one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So it ended up being a very very big book. So a lot of parts were cut out because you know I was like I'm just going to go out. It's two books. If if I want to be true to the to the character and I want to be true to the reader because I, I really hate a book that that it doesn't feel like you you really got a good gist of who the character was and you don't understand their motivations and why they do things. And so I wanted to make sure that I spent, you know, really good time with each of those two characters because she is essentially two people, like she's split in half, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I wanted to to do that. And so that meant writing the whole thing through as if it was just this one book and then doing it again with the other one and then merging the two. Yeah, and I was reading on your bio that you you've done some uh, freelance uh, developmental editing work, so you really had to put that hat on there. And I love what you said. We as writers, we need to be able to cut stuff out, right? You can't really mm-hmm. get to <laughs> how does that work? How, how do you how do you decide? Looking okay, on this has to go, even though I like what the pros. Yeah, I, well, it's hard for me to decide for myself. So yeah. thank goodness that <laughs> you know I have a development editor for me because I do understand you know that it is super hard to to cut your things personally. Um, And so what I resign, what I do, I actually take all the the pressure off of me. I write everything and then I tell them, okay, go ahead and and tell me what you think needs to be taken out. And I'm not going to say anything, just go ahead and do it. And they, they, they give their suggestions. And for the most part, I'm like, okay, you know, I can see that because you want to clean this up. If it's something that's, that I feel like absolutely has to be in there, then, you know, I'd keep it in. But for the most part, like 
my developmental editor has been spot on about like the things that she felt like needed to be cut out. And, and I just, I think um, you have to be open to receiving that kind of feedback and knowing that you are so close and personal to this, this thing that you might not, um, you know, want to separate yourself from certain parts, but maybe that is what is needed. And so you have to really listen to the outside factors that you trust, of course, to tell you, hey, for real, like this needs to be out because this is the reason why. And then kind of go with that. I'm not saying to listen to everything that people say, um, because sometimes they could be wrong, but I'm saying to just be open to feedback, to receiving it, um, because ultimately you want people to read your book and you want to give your readers the best possible product that they can have. Yeah, it's like taking your car to mechanic and then arguing with mechanic's suggestions. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. like dude, I'm sorry. Like, let's do it or not. What is it going to be? You know? Yeah. You And the, the publishers, Thomas and Mercer, right? That's your publisher? Yes. Yeah. They're, I really, they're, they're, their books the last few years has just been fantastic. So it's a. They, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, been really impressed with the with the with the books they've been publishing, and so um, what what's your writing process like? Do you do you outline or or do you write by the seat of your pants or? How could you ask me, Alan, <laughs> if I outline the nerve? I, I no, know, I'm just I know, yeah, especially the developmental a, editor. I am. I'm not. A, I'll be honest. I'm not a. I'm not an outliner. Um, outlining is like math to me and I it's just so like focused and I don't I don't think all the things all the way through I have an overall vision of you know a start and this is kind of where I want to end and then I just really like start writing and let the process take me however it's going to be and that depends on how I'm feeling that day or what music I'm listening to that day or you know what the character is saying to me when I wake up in that morning or anything like that so the first book was not outlined at all. It was just, you know, I might've jotted down. I think the most I did was jot down notes about like the characters because I wanted to make sure that I remembered what I said that I wanted for their personality or whatever. And then after that, um, I just wrote. And then after I wrote, then I went back and then I listed all the main. So I guess, I don't know what it is when you maybe kind of do an outline after the fact because I just listed in one sentence what was what were the main events that happened in the story, just to kind of make sure that I was, you know, that I kept myself straight. And then I went back and revised and things like that. So I, I really dislike outlining um, and even like synopsis. I'll, I'll write that out if I have to, but chances are it's going to change. Mm -hmm. um, and so for the second book, because I had to write the second book, I needed to do an outline and a synopsis. And I must have spent months trying to figure out what is this outline, because it felt so unnatural to me. Um, and I turned it in and everything. Now, whether or not the what I, you know, the outline that I turned in looks like the book that I also turned in, probably not because I have this outline, but I kind of really went with whatever I was feeling again. So that's pretty much how I write. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot about that. Uh, the, what do they call it? like reverse outlining? Basically, like after you're mm -hmm. done, you go back and kind of like reverse engineer it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because then it helps me pick up like the the, the spots yeah. that I miss. You know what I mean? So it's a good it's good for me for back checking, but not good for me to do like initially. Um, hey, let me do this and follow this. I just I just don't like it. I don't like maps. I don't even use. I've never used road maps when I'm driving. So I just like to just fly by the seat of my pants. 
yeah, I figured out as you, as you go, discover the world. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, what do you use to, to write? Do you use Word or you use a, 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 another different software program? Um, so initially I started using Word and then I found out about Scrivener. Mm-hmm. And so I use Scrivener for for my my zero draft first draft writing because I like, because I don't, uh, one other thing that I don't do is I don't write uh, linear. Um, so I'll write, you know, whatever happens to be what I'm feeling at the moment and whatever scene comes to me, I'll write that scene. So I write in scenes and things like that. Um, and Scrivener is easiest to do that in. I can't do that in Word because then it's a whole lot of like scrolling up and all that other mess that I don't want to get into. So Scrivener makes it so much easier for me to write in my different scenes and I can title them. And it also makes it easy for me to then go back after I've written the whole thing and outline, not yet, and outline what I've written so that I can make sure everything shores up with what I was envisioning in my head. So I really, really love Scrivener. And then after I write that, you know, that whole draft, then I will, um, edit it and revise it and stuff in um in word so that i can track the changes better mm-hmm. yeah and i'm some of the editors and everybody else uses word too so yeah yeah so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like I, I'm a, I like as well too because yeah you can just drag the the scenes and the chapters around makes it so much easier mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so much easier <laughs> and so what about your research do you um kind of curious do you do a lot of do you put in a lot of research into this i mean i know you, that it's part of your culture and everything but uh, what was the how much research did you put into this yeah so i put in um quite a bit of research and i don't only do research at the beginning i do research all throughout so like yes culturally i had you know my own experiences to to pull from and then i also asked my mom because that's where she's from. Um, a lot of questions, especially with the, the language and um, and things like that. So I, I, um, I she was one that I re, you know that I leaned on a lot in terms of the cultural aspects. Um, and then I had friends who I have a friend who's in law enforcement. So I asked him about weapons and you know how to hold you know, guns and certain things like that. Um, and here in South Carolina, you know, everybody likes a gun. So, <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, common conversation. Um, my sisters, both of them are nurses, so they could give me some, some medical advice on, you know, whenever someone was wounded or, or had some medical needs in the book. So I could ask about that. Um, and then I have a, a friend who has been, who has done many years with martial arts. So I would ask her about fighting, um, fighting techniques and things like that. She would talk to me about it. And then I would go online and research these things that she told me, watch a lot of YouTube about Mm -hmm. how things are. Um, Like Krav Maga is something that Mina uh, uses a lot in her store, or that's what she learned when she was, you know, um, training and things like that. So I was watching all those videos and um, you know, those were so fascinating and a lot of movies and then, um, you know, um, true life kind of things that are on TV. So I kind of looked everywhere um, for the, the things that I needed, it just depended on what it was. And then I would craft it. And I would even at some points, especially when I'm writing, you know, fighting scenes and things like that, um, I, I would even write it and then I would try to reenact it myself you know, some of the moves and to make sure that it made sense. 
as I'm, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, how, how do I want to write this? So I'm doing this and I'm moving my hand like this. And so how do I write that? And I mean, there's been some times when some of my family member would walk by and they would <laughs> see me in mid motion doing something. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is research. And they would just look at me like, you know, I've lost my mind and then just walk off. So so that's what they're used to now is like, okay, she's writing or she's doing something. If they see me like kind of moving, I act out scenes that I am, I'm writing. Yes, people, that's what I do. So. <laughs> Your husband must have been a little worried sometimes walking by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in mid like karate chopping. He's like, um, yeah. <laughs> Like, sorry, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is research. This is I'm, I'm on the job. I'm on the job. Okay. <laughs> now you mentioned earlier that you started querying in uh, January of 2020, and of course, we all know how the world has changed since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that? How did the pandemic uh, affect the that whole process? Uh, I'm just kind of curious how that all went down. Well, I think that's a good question. Um, it affected the process. Let me think because you know I've queried before that too for other books and how how was that different? Um, I think more people had since people were home they had more time to read, you know, their queries faster um, and reject me faster <laughs> than they were doing before. So I think that's what it was. And then you know that coupled with um, you know we had you know the Black Lives uh, matter movement going on during that time, a lot of things happening during that time. And so that also helped, uh, you know, people were a little bit more aware, wanted different kind of stories. And, and so I think all of that took a, pl- you know, a place in, in getting me where I am right now, but most especially because more people were home and therefore they had the time, uh, longer amounts of time to do more reading and to, to really kind of push through their slush pile. I think that's what maybe moved it along. And then it was just really, uh, you know, a perfect storm that everything kind of fell to place like boom, 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 right after each other. But honestly, it was a long time coming prior to that. So I might've started in January, 2020 for this particular book, but I still had like over a hundred rejections and I had a whole nother book prior to that, that I had a bazillion rejections. And so I've been through this, the querying process, you know, a good three bouts, three times. And and so this is something that finally stuck. Yeah. And are you planning to address the pandemic and, uh, and COVID in future books or what's your, what's your take on that for writing fiction? Yeah. <laughs> um, probably not so much because I'm like, so we we've lived it and we're living it and it's still like very fresh and new. And I'm the kind of person, if I'm reading something, I really like to get away with, I mean, get away from what is going on in my real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, that's why I read books and I watch movies and all this other stuff to kind of get away with what's going on day to day. Um, and not to say that the pandemic shouldn't be discussed. Of course it should. And anyone should write about it if they want, but me, um, Yasmin, personally, I want to write about something other than that. And so my world will probably not have that. If I do mention it, it's like it would be something super minor, minor, small. If that I want them to be in a whole different world where, you know, they can just be free to enjoy whatever is going on in that world at that moment. Yeah. And this is and this is going to be a series, right? The second book is coming out next year. Yes, that's what they tell me. <laughs> that's exciting. How's the yeah, how's, yeah. How, how's number two going? 
Um, so that's a good question. Number two is done um, right. on my part, but it's and it's with the editors. And so I don't know how it's going because I don't know what they think about it yet. They haven't told me. I think they're waiting until after launch. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing, but I appreciate that they're waiting because I, you know, my I'm a little distracted right now with like launch and stuff. And so if they have a lot of changes, which I know that they will, because I did send them a hot mess, I'll I can admit to that. Um <laughs> But, you know, but it's a but I enjoyed writing it. I think it's a really, you know, I think it's good. And I think that it's another level of um, of Nina and and the new crew and tribe that she has. Like, it's just another addition to now that we know these people. Now we're actually we're going to see them in action and we're going to see them do what they do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had fun with that. And so I hope that um, that the readers will also enjoy that and, and enjoy seeing more of the people that they love um, in a, in a little deeper dive into the tribe, because I find the tribe amazing, which really sounds weird because I'm the one who made it up, but I still (laughs) find them amazing. Like, man, this tribe is really cool. I want to know more about them. And then I'm like, but Yasmin, you're the one who wrote them. So you have to be the one to say what it is about them. So I got to do that. But um, yeah, so I'm just waiting to, to hear back from them and see what they got to say. And then we'll go from there. Yeah, that was so cool too. I didn't realize, like, um, like you're saying, like in, uh, like in a tribe, uh, like the chief is kind of like the king. So kind of mm-hmm. like I, I didn't realize. I mean, I know they were like in charge, but I didn't realize it was like royalty, kind of. Uh, yeah. From tribe yep. to tribe, so that's pretty, pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and and then uh, I saw that it's been picked up for a television series, right? That the yeah. Oh, that's exciting! Another, How thing, would, another yeah. thing that I was like, what the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> That must have been surreal. Yeah, like when it rains, it pours. (laughs) Like it was literally boom, boom, boom. And um, that one, I don't even, that one was a real shock because we weren't ready for that. Um, And we hadn't even discussed that yet when my agent, and I'll I'll never forget, I I was taking a nap. And my agent like suddenly called me and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Because, you know, well, she never calls me with bad news, but she <laughs> like, she just called out of the blue and she was like, you didn't check your messages or your email. And I'm like, no, I was taking a nap. And she was like, oh well, yeah, I just got this email from a production company. They want to talk to you about like making your book into a, um, a TV show. And I'm like, what? But how did they get the manuscript? I mean, because the editor, we had just closed on, you know, the book deal a week prior. So literally a week after that, she got an email and we're like, how did they get the manuscript? She didn't send it. I surely didn't send it. We don't know who sent it. It's still a mystery to this day. Nobody will talk to it. It's like a mystery story. It is. It is. And so, so we had to play catch up from there because, you know, once we, that came in, so then we're like, okay, so there's, it's out there and, you know, people are interested. So now we have to find, you know, the film agent and, um, and see, you know, what we could do, you know, who's interested there. And so that's how it was a great, um, a great process. It was cool talking to, you know, all of those different production company and, and, you know, California people. And there's just, just like what you, you know, would see on like Entourage. I don't know if you ever watched that <laughs> oh, show, yeah, yeah, but that like, show. yeah, like Entourage. And I'm like, oh, like these people are really fancy and like, so LA and like they look beautiful you know and all this other stuff and so um so yeah so it was fun it's cool and so I'm still surprised I'm like wow like interesting yeah 
Well, such great shows can come out now from you know Netflix and Amazon Prime, and everything. So yeah, that's, I think it'd be perfect for a for a series. That's exciting. Um, and uh, and so right now it's being developed, so you don't you don't know what, exactly the any time frames yet. I, I I assume it's right way too early in the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like right now, they're still trying to to square down, you know, yeah. a writer. Um, so like, that's the last that I heard is, you know, they're still working on the writer and trying to square all that away. Um, so yep. As soon as that happens, then I guess, um, the next, I'm not too sure. Cause you know, that's a whole different world. All I know is the, the publishing and I'm barely learning that. Right. So <laughs> they kind of teach me as, as they go and they're like, oh. and it's a lot, it's a much longer process you just said. So it's, um, it, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And uh, what's the, what's next for uh, for the series? Are you gonna are you, are you starting to think about book number three, or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am um, thinking about book number three, and um, I, I even thinking you know possible like prequel because I think there's some things that you know transpire before then that would be interesting for for me to kind of like delve into um, and um, for the reader to kind of learn about like you know, how the tribe started and that whole story aspect or whatever. So, I mean, I have some ideas that are bouncing around and then I'm thinking about, you know, a few standalones as well that I really want to, um, that I'm really excited about like working on. So I just got to like write this dreaded synopsis and, and start like a few chapters to see how I feel about them. Yeah. Sometimes the synopsis is like even it seems like it seems silly but it's like harder than writing the book super hard (laughs) super hard yeah all right justin well before i let you go i uh i always like to ask my guests and you have the uh, editing background any advice for aspiring thriller mystery writers that are listening always be true to your character um and the character that you have developed for your for your reader and make sure that this character that you have developed is like um is totally three-dimensional um, and like they've got a range of characteristics as a real person would, even your antagonist. Um, and remember that everybody, every character is the hero of their own story. And so I think that makes the story even more deeper and more delicious when each character thinks that I'm the hero. And so therefore they've got all these different layers to them and, and everything like that. So just and then the actions that you give these characters just make sure that it is true to that character like this is something that character would do it's not something so far out of their range that the reader is going to be like oh come on now is this really come on so like that's just it like you know just be true to your character make them three-dimensional um remember that they're the hero of their story um and that will make your story overall even more better for your reader and where can the listeners find you? Is by your website's probably the best place. Um, you can find me at my website, which is yasmanongo.com, or you can find me on Twitter, which is Yas Y A S A Writer. That's on Twitter. And then I am on Instagram at author underscore Yaz. Okay. So uh, her name is Night, comes out on November 1st. Uh, so go check that out. It's already doing really well. Uh, it's our, let, me, let me take a look here. A little real time. <laughs> Number 18 in the entire Amazon store. That's amazing. Number Congratulations. 18. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yasmin. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Same to you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. 
I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, show. If you have done that already, I thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode Uh, see you next time and stay safe out there